Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and we've got a really cool show today as part of our Soul Search Tuesdays. We are going to be talking today with Dr. PMH Atwater, the leading world authority in the near-death phenomena. Now, since 1978, she has uh, interviewed more than 3,000 people who have experienced um, near-death and has written uh, 15 different books, uh, uh, including Future Memory, Beyond the Indigo Children, We Live Forever. I died three times in 1977, The Complete Story. And um, I got to tell you, it's going to be a really, really cool show because we're not going to talk about death. We're going to talk about uh, how we and make our lives all about living. And, and Linda, you have uh, you listened to something this weekend on Oprah's Soul Search Sundays, um, and you know you have you have a lot to talk about with who is it? Ellie McGraw that was on. Yeah, she had on Allie McGraw for the for the whole hour, and uh, Allie McGraw, hard to believe, but she is now seventy five years old. Wow! I mean, even even that, it, um, uh, just to think like that, it's uh, oh, okay. We're all getting older, you know. It's uh, it's quite amazing. But um, she looked terrific. Uh, she is a woman now who is not coloring her hair. She's given up that. Uh, that practice, she had it pulled back in a bun, uh, and she looked she looked like Ally McGraw, only only older. Uh, and and the thing that really came through on the on the interview was how peaceful she was. I mean, you could you could just sense that peaceful energy. Um, and then, of course, when she talked about her life now and what's changed, um, it just it, it it just uh, confirmed how peaceful she really is. Now, are you talking and, just inner peace, a peace with aging, a peace with her life? Like what? what all of it. To you? All of it. Uh, she gave up the ghost, I said, of, of trying to color her hair, trying to keep up. Um, she was living, I guess, in Hollywood for a long time. Now she's living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And um, she's living her life for herself and not uh, for other people, as so many do. Uh, she just said, "I." and the, the key, she says, I'm spending so much time alone, but I'm not lonely. I just cherish that alone time. And boy, could I relate to that, because that is something that I cherish as well. 
Well, and I think, Linda, when you're alone with yourself, don't you think you have to be at peace? Like, I know the times that I've been, you know, with my own things going on in my life and my own uncertainty with myself. I'm not talking about external because external is external. I'm talking about internal. Do you think that you have to make peace with yourself internally in order to just be at peace alone? Well, um, to be at peace alone, yes, and that goes for everything else in your life, too. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of people who are alone, but they keep crying the blues because they're so lonely. It's, oh, like, woe is me. I'm alone, and nobody cares about me, and I have no friends, and da-da-da-da, and da-da-da-da. So they're being alone, but they're lonely. Uh, when mm-hmm. you are at peace with yourself and you have that connection, you are alone, but you're not lonely, and it's a huge difference. Well, and don't you think there's something to be said about liking yourself? I know um, I know this sounds really funny, but ever since I was a little girl, people are like, well, you just seem to be amused with yourself. And I'm like, I actually can entertain myself. I, I like being alone. I enjoy being with myself because I like the person I am. And so there's not a whole lot of interference in thinking I need to change certain things. There's, of course, always things we need to work on. But if you like yourself, I think it's pretty easy to be alone. Well, you know, life is an evolution, and, it, and she said uh, it took her till age 70 to sort of to, to get to that space um, in her life where she, she is feeling good. Um, learning to say no, she said, was a big one for her, um, mm. as it is for so many women. Uh, but now she just, and I'm sure she gets uh, uh, solicited a lot to do charity work and whatever else that she's doing because she is a celebrity of sorts, and um, she just now, uh, people will give them the spiel of why she should do it, and she just says, no. And it was funny, there was one, there was one uh, I guess, kind of a benefit going on in Santa Fe where they were having five dinners, uh, different hosted dinners, and then afterwards, uh, all of the people from the five dinners were getting together for dessert. So I guess the woman organizing this whole evening said she had agreed to, I guess, maybe host or be part of one of the dinners as her part in in giving back. But then the woman said, well, aren't you excited and don't you want to be at the dessert? And she said, I love it. She said, I'd sooner eat glass <laughs> then, then sit there and schmooze or shake hands with 250 people. And boy, could I relate to that one too. But, you know, that was like being, knowing that, okay, I'll only go this far. And, and that would have been, like she said, I'd rather eat glass. And I love that so much. I got to use that somewhere. Not very subtle, but the, you know, the point sure gets across. Well, yeah, because I think, you know, you get to a point where more is just more and it's not really doing anything. And it probably never really did. We just thought it did. And, you know, when I look at somebody like Ali McGraw willing to to just say it like it is and and poke a hole in a lot of the falseness in which we live our lives, I think it's really I think it's really fun. And the people who don't get it. They're just not going to get it until they do. Well, so you know, it, it's a big, it's a big thing for a woman to to um, to look at herself in the mirror um, and to see that she, you know that she's aging. Because I mean, I'm st- I still color my hair. I still uh, try to be as useful as I can. And you know, in the dress, and I mean, that's just 
who I am. I'm, I'm not going out of my way to, uh, you know, to to do all these crazy things to make your face like <laughs> look 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 different. But you know, but I do put on creams and potions and la 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 la. But I guess there maybe there is a time when you stop doing that. Now it's not a bad thing, you know, if it if it makes you happy. But she just said she just let that go, and she looks at the the women who are aging and that are still trying to look thirty five and. Um, that's not her anymore. Yeah. Well, and I like that because I like, you know, and granted I'm only 45, but I like, you know, I like being 45. I like, you know, the way I look and I don't want to be 25 again. You know, I used to for a while and then I thought, why would I want to go back to a time that I've already lived? It's more exciting to see what I'm going to do in this decade. And I, yeah, well, you know, not, not that we're judging people. It's not so much of what you're going to do. I mean, people look in the mirror and, and their vanity comes out. And, and to be fair, um, there's a big difference of looking in the mirror when you're 45 and looking in the mirror when you're 60 or 65. At 45, oh. you're, you're still relatively <laughs> still put together, but, then, but, but still just starting to show the signs of aging. But then one day you look in the mirror and, like, everything – uh, everything's different. The neck, the you know, the cheeks, the the, the furrows in the forehead. I mean, everything changes, and you say, okay, well, I feel like I'm 35 on the inside, but I sure don't look that way. Sh- is there? Should I do something to to be happy when I look in the mirror or not? And that's just a, a you know, that's a, a judgment that every woman has to make for herself. And there's no good or bad or right or wrong. It's just what makes you feel the best for you, not for other people, but for you. Well, and what's interesting when you say that, you know, I never knew you, Linda, when you were 25 or 35. You know, I've only known the woman I know today. And it's funny to hear you say these things because I don't see those things when I see you. You know, like when I had lunch with you or we were having dinner or we're sitting out on your balcony in in Manhattan looking over the skyline, you know, when we were just sitting out there that night talking that, that later afternoon, I don't have an age for you. And that's the funny thing about you and other people that I always think are ageless. You know, if somebody pinned me down, I couldn't put a number on you because you don't match. Like you don't, your outside and your inside is just this thing. It's not like you, you, you just don't look any age. I I don't know how to explain it. And there's just people in the world that are like that. Well, I think it's spirit and energy, too. I mean, I, I, I keep talking about my friend uh, who's 90, and I, I, she was up in Connecticut this weekend with us, and her spirit and her energy are that of a, of a 45-year-old. You know, she, does she look 90? To me, not. Maybe to somebody else she would. But she is constantly on the move. She's constantly going. She's as sharp as the tack. Um, yeah, do you get a little persnickety when you're, <laughs> when you're 90? Maybe, but I think you're probably <laughs> entitled to at that age. But you're, but it's the same thing. I don't see her, uh, at that age, uh, because she is so vibrant. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, it's like when I meet you, vibrant is the perfect word. You, we can talk about anything under the sun. We can laugh. We can cry. We can, you know, eat any number of things. And there's, there's absolutely not one ounce of competition that I feel from you towards me or towards any other women. And it's just a really peaceful existence to be around. So I think that's one of your secrets of your ageless beauty. Well, thank you. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still working at it as, as we all are until we take our last breath, which is the topic of our show today. But, um, yeah, you just have to, you have to be 
peaceful and you have to be uh, just just know what's important and, and live that life. Okay, well, when we come back from the break, we are going to talk with Dr. Atwater of the great book, Dying to Know You. You're going to want to listen to this interview because this lady is fantastic. Linda and I are so excited to have her on. Uh, She's the author of more than 15 books about the near-death experience. And again, you're not going to want to miss this. So come back after the break. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. kids do you think you're creative do you want to be don't have enough time for your arts crafts and hobbies or do you just need a kick in the pants hi i'm mark lipinski the host of creative mojo with mark lipinski right here on toginet radio come on and join me every wednesday afternoon for some creative inspiration and two of the fastest fun-filled hours of your week hey need ideas how about a little motivation and a lot of inspiration Join the fun on Creative Mojo with me, Mark Lipinski. I'm here live every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, right here on toginet.com. Now what are you waiting for? Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and I am so excited to bring uh, Dr. Atwater on the air with us today. She wrote this great book called Dying to Know You and you guys know that every author I bring on, I have read their book um, and I have to tell you, this is one you need to pick up, especially if you're not sure what happened to you and we'll get into that a little bit later. I'd like to bring uh, Dr. Atwater on. She is the expert. I think she's the world authority and the expert on the near-death phenomena. Um, she's been featured in The Lancet. She's got 15 books. Um, Dr. Atwater, i got to tell you, I'm so excited to meet you, and um, you have given me great peace of mind. I'll just open with that. 
Oh, well, that's fantastic. That's a wonderful I, thing to hear. If I could reach through this radio show and hug you, I know you're on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast. <laughs> post. Um, I would because 10 years ago, I had a little baby boy and I hemorrhaged and I had to have surgery and it was dramatic and everything. And nobody really told me anything. I didn't ask anything, but some really, really super weird things happened to me after I had this baby and had this experience. And, you know, I, I, Time started to like not hold any meaning anymore. I was, I was younger in like attitude and, and everything about myself, even though I was almost 40 when I had my son and like lights seemed brighter, sounds were brighter, smells were more wonderful. Food was so great. And I had this weird thing where I can't have closed things. Like my doors need to be open, like my closet doors, my windows. I really, I really thought Dr. Atwater. I was going bananas. You sound like a typical near-death experiencer. Well, you know, I had this weird dream um, while I was under, and I woke up and I told the nurse, I told a couple of people, and they kind of chuckled and said, okay. And, you know, I'm an educated professional with a master's degree and, you know, a professional career, so I didn't want to be the local whack job. But but I had this dream where I was going down this water slide, but it was, and it was so much fun. It was so beautiful. It didn't feel like falling, and it felt like there were sparklers, like, draining on each side of me in gold and white and red and I know there's like there's no words that I can use to tell you how beautiful it was I was so happy and I ended up in this place that was it was like crazy crazy bright but but I couldn't see it because I didn't have any eyes I didn't have any hands and it was so peaceful like even to this day like 10 years later that that vision or dream or whatever you will hasn't changed because sometimes I go back and look what I wrote down at that point and I talked to this large I call him the triangle man because <laughs> he looked triangular and he was super tall and skinny. And sometimes I think it was my grandpa, but I never met him. So I don't know. And he talked to me without talking. And he told me that I had to go back, that there were things for me still to do. And when I came back and I got divorced, uh, you know, like kind of within the 10 years, like your book said, and my ex-husband started calling me Pollyanna because I kept seeing like the good in everything. And I kept getting like super mad at things that were wrong. And I stood up like these radio shows. I have a couple of them that, you know, bring different things to light and, you know, go against the status quo. And I really thought I was crazy until I read your book. <laughs> well, I'm glad that my book could be helpful. Dying to know you, proof of God in the near-death experience. You know, we, we, I, I doubt that you had a dream. I, I really suspect that something very deep was going on with you. And the fact that you are manifesting all these after effects, what you're telling me is typical to a near-death experiencer. So I strongly suspect you had something like that. You, you absolutely fit the profile. And you also fit the profile of somebody who comes back absolutely knowing that there is another life, a better life, uh, a different way to live life, um, that this idea about life and death isn't quite what we've been told. Not at all. Not at all. You go through life 
differently. Like, you know, there's been times when I'm, you know, everybody's afraid of little things, but I'm never afraid of dying. And when my mom died a couple years ago after a long battle with breast cancer, I was really sad because I missed her. But there wasn't like a, a, a dot in my being that didn't know she was in this wonderful, amazing place. Well, you know, you're talking about that light and how bright it was, and you're saying that you didn't have eyes. Um, I would suggest to you that you've had a kind of vision, perhaps 365 degrees all, all around that you could see or somehow know or feel everything, but that light, you know, kind of zero in on that light. Was it like voltage? Was it like, you know, most... most uh, Adult near-death experiencers describe that light as brighter than 10,000 suns, just something, um, something of a very high voltage. Did you get right. any? Yeah, like, like I thought it, to me it was lightning, like you know when you're in the dark and the lightning lights up and everything goes white, but it's so bright, like crazy bright, and you can't see anything, it's just bright. But it's, yeah. it's a lovely bright. It's not a scary, you know, or hurtful bright. It's like an exhilarating bright. And there's just, like, I'm a journalist by trade, and I can't find the words to, to, to explain what it's, it's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have words for that kind of brightness or the feeling of being in that kind of brightness. Of the, there just isn't a word in our, in our language anywhere. Um, did you have a sense at all of soul that is to say that, that you were more than who you are? Oh, okay. That, yes, because this weird thing happened to me. I was still me, but I was a feeling like I was, that's the best way to describe it. I became a feeling and I was part of this big thing, but I was, I was part of it and I was, I was, it was me and it wasn't me. And we were all together. And again, no, I don't have a word for this, but I was this feeling that was part of this greater thing. And it's, it's so weird because there's no words, Dr. Atwater. That's why I was so thrilled that you started putting words to some of this stuff. Well, that's the job of this book. You know, you know, dying to know you proof of God in the near death experiences like no other book you can buy anywhere. It's not a book of research. It's not a book of personal stories. It's a book of the collective voice speaking about the collective experience. And that has never been done before. And I had the opportunity. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> I got kind of scruffy and decided, oh, boy, I'm going to make this opportunity because it's about time that 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 we said the words, that we say that the near-death experience is a spiritual experience. And it's about time we come out and we talk about soul. We talk about mission or our sense of, of, uh, of why we're here. That we talk about God. That we talk about life and death and heaven and hell and children and, and, and adults and, and this idea of... Um, that life isn't really quite what we think. You know, when you're talking about the near-death experience, you're talking about pre-birth. You're talking about uh, birth trauma. You're talking about babies in the process of being born. 
can have a near-death experience, remember it, talk about it later, or draw it. Uh, you're talking about abortions. The aborted babies come back. You're talking about missing twins. They show up. Show up. When you're talking about the near-death experience, you're talking about every single aspect of life and death on every single level. And this book confronts that. It, 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 it hits that nail in the wall and says, this is what people are talking about. Hundreds and thousands and millions of people worldwide. We're not just talking about um, your favorite story or something that really interests you or something that's scary or something that's unusual. We're talking about a phenomenon that that's not just a light show. No way is it just a light show. It's an extraordinary phenomenon that changes you physically, that changes you uh, psychologically, that changes you on every level, and that introduces you to some very, very powerful truths that we do have a soul, that there is a supreme being, an intelligence, a, a, a source plate, a core, that there really is a God. Nobody lied to us. It's, it's no fairy tale. Nobody's telling you a joke. And, and one of the things that get me so excited in this kind of work is that the light and the God and that power near-death experiencers meet or are in the presence of or, or come to feel or see is bigger and more powerful than the God of Holy Writ. So we're talking about something that is just incredibly huge. Wow. Dr. Atwater, um, <laughs> this is Linda Franklin, and I. after the break I want to talk about this because I've never had a near-death experience, but I totally believe all the stories that I've heard and that I've read about because I, you know, I, I can't believe that there isn't something greater than all of us out there. Um, but why do you think, and you can answer this when we come back, why do these scientific minds want, refute it, and are so afraid to admit that there's something greater than than them, or it's, you know, all of the stories that they come up with that says it, it's just their imagination, it's what the body goes through, it's not a spiritual uh, experience. Okay, we're going to have to break for commercial right now. This is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. If you want to know what Dr. Atwater has to say about this, because you know I do, uh, we're going to come back from the break. I want you guys to look up this book. It's called Dying to Know You, Proof of God in the Near-Death Experience. And the funny thing all about it is it's all about life. It's not about, it's about death, but it's not. It's uplifting. It's a great read. It'll validate some things, especially if you're wondering, because not all of us have the label of near-death experience. Uh, sometimes it's just like what happened to me. So come back after the break and hear what Dr. Atwater has to say. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42 Tossing pennies into 
Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and our guest today is Dr. Atwater. She wrote this super cool book called Dying to Know You, Proof of God in the Near-Death Experience. This book is for anybody who wonders if something happened to them or can't quite put their finger on it because not everybody has the term near-death experience on their hands. They're like me. They think it was a dream or they know something happened. They're not sure what it is. And before we went to break, Linda asked Dr. Atwater this great question about the scientific community. They have such a hard time um, allowing us to have these near-death experiences. There's got to be some physical thing. There's got to be some brain thing going on. And I think we as a culture have a hard time talking about this. So, Dr. Atwater, why do we have such a hard time with this if it's really part of so many people's experiences? My dear, it challenges science. It challenges what we can hold in our hand and verify. It challenges any sense of provability. Um, there is no scientist on this planet who has been able to disprove the near-death experience if they did a broad-based research. In other words, nobody out there has done a large study of any kind on both children and adults about the experience. It's 
verifiable uh, testimonials that occur afterward for those things that are seen in the out-of-body component of the experience. Nobody has yet to be able um, to really attack, if you will, the after-effects because the physiological after-effects, the psychological after-effects, nobody has been able to disprove it if they look at the whole experience. What scientists do is piecemeal. They'll look at this one thing or another one thing, and, and they'll try to, you know, uh, reduce that to its, um, to, to its um, common core and say this is what it is. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll try to say, well, it's oxygen deprivation. But instead of doing piecemeal, if they'll look at the whole thing, all that's happening, all that's reported, and the changes that occur afterward, they're lost. They're absolutely lost. No one has been able to do that. No one has been able to disprove the entire near-death experience as it occurs. Absolutely no one has done that. And one of the things that gets me really excited about science and, and the way science uh, works, the way it runs, which is wonderful. I mean, I have nothing against science. But what we just found out a couple of weeks ago about DNA, you know, the science thought it had um, the, the, uh, the entire genetic code all mapped. We, we, you know, the, 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 the 64 um, um, genetic code that DNA shows us, they thought we've got this all mapped, we've got this all figured out. Two weeks ago, the, the, the word came out that scientific proof that we missed it. The Western, um, um, the Western scientists missed it completely. Uh, DNA speaks two languages, and what they were calling 97% junk DNA is the other half, the nonlinear aspect of the linear DNA. And without the nonlinear, that's where the switches are. That's where the that's where the, um, the energetics is. That's where the controlling is. That's where the real movement and processing is. That's, that's the frequency, um, that's the frequency of codes that direct DNA. So here we have proof that the linear and the nonlinear must exist together or you do not have creation at all. In other words, you can't have all those things you put under a microscope, unless there is that nonlinear field that upholds the things you put under your microscope. You cannot explore pathology at all or a phenomenon like the near-death experience at all if you don't also take a look at the, at the energetic field that was controlling it, guiding it, leading it, opening it up, speeding it up, and handling the energetics. You can't have one without the other. And, Doc yeah. Dr. Atwater, how did you get interested in near-death experience? Um, was, it, was it something personally that, 
that drove you into exploration of, of this fascinating uh, phenomenon? Yeah, I died. You died. <laughs> <laughs> three times in three months. Three times. Three times three in times three months. And, and yeah, I, call, I, I look back and I call it the heavenly sledgehammer effect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but each time was I it, what, a, was it ill, you know, was it just, was it, was it illness? It was a miscarriage is what started it. Wow. And okay. then it just went on and on and on from there, one thing after another. And later that fall, I had three major relapses. So 1977, that's when it happened, wasn't exactly my year. <laughs> but in my third near-death <laughs> experience, I, I was told by a voice, you know, it's one of these, like, like Sandra is saying, you know, how do you describe it? You know, we don't have words for this. Here's this voice, and it's not like a voice. It, it's like... It's like a thunder that fills the universe. It's so huge. And this voice spoke. I called it the voice like none other because I didn't know what else to call it. And it said, and I quote, test revelation. You are to do the research. One book for each death. It showed me what was to be in each book. It did not name book one. It did name book two, which is future memory. Book three is a specific manual, which I'm now working on. Um, and it, 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 it showed me uh, what to do uh, to get out there and, 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 and verify and prove and establish that revelation is real. And so yes, that's indeed. what I did. Indeed. Um, it, so now that you've, you've gone through these three experiences, um, I don't know what you were before you had them. Were you afraid of death and now you are not? Or am I putting words in your mouth? I wasn't really afraid of death so much as I really didn't understand it. Mm. Um, I I, I came from um, the pre-World War II generation. So... Uh, Pearl Harbor is is very big in my memory, uh, especially as a child. Yeah, and all those things that happened around Pearl Harbor, and and all the people around uh, around us in the little town I was living in were dying in the war effort. So I I, I was just you know really haunted by death as a child. Um, grew up not afraid of death, but curious. And then after I died, it's like. No big I deal, know huh? What it is. <laughs> you know, it's like a door you walk through. Yeah, That's I mean, I I understand that intellectually, but sometimes I still I still get afraid, even though I believe all this, and I can't figure out why that is. Well, that's normal. <laughs> Most of us are like that until we take a deep breath and relax a little bit and realize, wait a minute, the earth is showing us all the time that there's life after death. Yeah. Nature shows us that. And, and, and uh, the continuance of life shows us that. Right. And now we have this opportunity. Of course, we've always had this opportunity. There have always been near-death experiencers going back to the time of Plato. But now we, we are able to sort of zero in on that, if you, uh, if, if, as you will, and, and, and take a more 
more um, definite look at this and say, now, 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 just a minute here. You know, uh, we've got all these stories and a tradition, and it, it, it goes back a long ways. But all of a sudden, we're being inundated with these stories. Right. Well, you know, thanks to modern technology, they're bringing more people back who would normally have died. So we're right. getting more and more and more of these stories. The, the, the sticker is that um, there's a lot of provability in these stories. You know, people are describing things that are actually happening, that they're seeing when they're out of body. They come back and describe it, and and they're verified in third-party verifications. Very few of them have not been verified. Right. Um, there was a great show on TV, and I can't remember the name of it, and it had three experiences of people that had died and come back, and, and they were told in when, as they were out of their bodies about things that they needed to do to help people when they came back. Like one, she says, send, send your husband for, to, to the cancer doctor because something's going on. And she saved his life because they never would have gone. You right, know, it's crazy, like things like that. They happen all the time. Let, let me give you one quick little case here. This is a, a car track accident. Uh, the woman is driving the car. Um, it's a head-on. She dies at the scene, but, but they rush her to the hospital, um, able to bring back a little bit of life. She's into surgery. The doctors are really working on her. They are finally able to resuscitate her, and and she is so excited that she she won't hold it still. Um, she won't shut up. She just keeps she keeps. I saw my dad. I saw my dad, and he told me all about he having died and where he died and how it happened. And she described it over and over again. Her dad had died, and he was he was there. She saw him when she died, and mm. and the doctors were very concerned because it, you know she's so animated and they can't do their work, so they go. Doctor Atwater, the... we're going to pause for commercial break and we're going to let people come back after the break and we'll finish this riveting story. Okay. We're here with Doctor Atwater. I know I love doing this to people. Dying to know you is her book, Proof of God in the Near Death Experience. If you want to find out what happens with the story Dr. Atwater is telling, you're going to have to come back after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, 
Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 Central, on toginet.com. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high-on-life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are visiting with Dr. Atwater today, the author of Dying to Know You, Proof of God and the Near-Death Experience. She is the world authority on near-death phenomenon, and she was telling this great story before the break about a woman who had been in a car accident, head-on collision, uh, brought back to the hospital, revived, and during the middle of the operation, she started blabbing away about her dad who died. Now, Dr. Atwater, this is a little weird, okay? This this is not your typical resuscitation. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't shut her up, and she kept saying that her dad kept telling her that it was his time, that it was okay that he died the way he did, and that he's he's talking to her now because it's not her time, and he wants her to know that so that she'll come back. Well, well, the doctors couldn't handle this woman at all, so they they went to the waiting room where a number of her relatives had get gathered by then and and the doctor you know what's this business about the dad and the people in the waiting room said oh well obviously that's just a hallucination the dad is in perfect health one of them had spoken with the father that morning on the telephone so obviously there's nothing wrong with this man so the doctor goes back and explains that to this woman and she she just goes on and on and on she is just so effusive so the doctor goes back the second time very disgusted and he says okay get the father on the telephone and so well suffice it to say many phone calls later they found out that the father died five minutes before the daughter did in exactly the same way he told her. Now, tell me that's a hallucination. How can you hallucinate that? No. You can take your breath away. (laughs) You can't. Linda, I'm so glad you said that thing about that. take your breath away because I've been dying. I've been dying, Dr. Atwater. I'll show to ask you this question. Um, when I was in that place, you know, the white lightning place that, that was so right. beautiful. 
I had absolutely no sensation of breathing. Granted, like I said, I didn't have eyes or hands or lungs or anything, but the whole thing felt like it was breathing. And I, I know that's really wacky, but when I was back in the hospital, when I woke up in the hospital bed, um, I took this deep breath like, <gasps> and that's how I remember coming back. And do you have... Like, is that, you know, is that something that's you familiar to you? You just hit on something this? very important that both adults and children say when they're on the other side. It feels as if the whole universe and all of creation is breathing. There is this sense on the other side of movement, the movement of breath. The movement, uh, that sweep of discovery, of undulating as if wave-like, sometimes flashing or sparkling as if a power grid or a circuit board. There, there's something moving on the other side, and it, 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 it's like breathing. It's like breath. It's like the breath of God. Well, you know, if, if you take the word spiritual, spirit, air, that sense of breathing, if you take the word Holy Spirit and you take it back to its origins, Holy Spirit means the breath of God breathing. And this to me is stunning. Hmm. Yeah, I think I you, I think you just took Sandra's <laughs> breath away. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I guess it you, is you a really... well. And that book is full of wells, and I want to say again, it's the, collect, it's the collective. It, it, it's like it's not my book. It, it, it's like, well, you know, I've been doing this for almost four decades, and I've, I've always been after um, the, the individual. You know, what do they feel? What do they think? Uh, not my experience. I put my experience on a shelf in my mind somewhere and and made my whole being an open blank, uh, uh, you know, sort of like a, a blank slate on which other people could write their experiences. And so I, so that book is now full of that. I, I, just, I just decided it's time. It's time to speak up and say what these people are saying to sum up um, the voice of the many. Well, that's what I liked about it, Dr. Atwater, because it was a summation. And, you know, I didn't really know to go look up near-death experience, you know, because what I thought happened to me, you know, was a dream, only it changed my life. You know, it was a dream that changed my life. So it's not like I could, I knew enough even to go to look for the near-death experience, you know, realm. But the fact that you summarized all this stuff and you wrote it in a way I could understand and... It made sense to me because by dying, it made everything all about life. And, you know, I don't think most people can can get that unless they've, they've had that experience. Because when you do have that experience, you come back like wanting to live, wanting to marvel, you know, just enjoying so many 
many things and you do turn in to kind of a poly because you want to know everything you want to experience so many things and it you realize that where we are here is this playground for us to enjoy and do beautiful things and help each other and as hokey dokey as all that sounds your book validated that so I encourage anybody out there who's had an experience that they're wondering like well I wonder what happened you're going to find a lot of peace in this book oh yeah yeah, you, 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 you're finally going to be able to take that deep breath and let it out and say, yes, yes, I kind of knew that, but now I really do. Uh, these people just come back knowing that, uh, you know, there is, there is a life that is so, ah. Uh, Powerful, and we are part of that power. Whether our life is 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 going good or not so good, whether we're rich or poor, whether we're having a rough time, whether we're angry, whether we're happy, we're all part of this power. And and this power is so much greater than we are. Um, yeah, and and this book really helps you. To know that and see that and realize that and acknowledge that there's more to life than we think. You know, if if you're going to be real honest about the near-death experience, it reveals more about life than it does death. Um, And and when I say that, um, what I want to pass on, is the number one comment most near-death experiencers say after they revive. And that comment is, it's just four words, always there is life. Now, now if, you, if, you, if you just look at that, if you just, if you just hang that in the air in front of you and look at that, always there is life. That means there is no afterlife. That means there is no before life. That means there is no now life. That means always, 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 we have always existed. We exist now. We always will exist. Eternity is our home. Dr. Ratwater, I want to ask a question. Do you believe that, I think I believe this, that when we, you know, when we're close to death or we have had that death experience, that we, if we don't want to come back, that's also our choice. As near as I can tell, our, our choices are just incredible. Yeah. Um, and we have a, a wide bank of choices we can make. So that's but what we always I have choice. We always yeah. have choice, but, you know, I, I hesitate here because I'm, I'm thinking uh, so many near-death experiences that I've known who have chosen at that choice point on the other side, and they chose to stay, and they wound up back, and they felt like they were kicked out of heaven. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Um, so what is that choice point? See, and I didn't, that choice funny, point I didn't, is uh, always uh, for the soul. It's always for the yeah, soul. Yes, it's the soul's. It's the soul's choice. When it's done, it's done. And if right. it's not done, it's coming back. Yeah. It's well, that and I just want to in that 
that I didn't feel kicked out. I just felt like I couldn't go any farther. Like there was a big right. boundary. There was a big barrier. And I will say, Dr. Atwater, and I want to leave this with you and have you make a comment on it. We've only got a couple of minutes before the end of the show. I think to myself, I left a believer and I came back a knower. And I would love your thoughts on that. Yes, dear. We don't come back believing in God. We come back knowing God. We don't come back a believer in compassion and forgiveness. We come back knowing compassion and forgiveness. It's that power within us. It's that connection within us to the soul of our being. It's that truth within us that we that we are more than what we think we are. We're part of a greater picture, and we're part of that greater power. Yeah. I think that's the key, uh, is knowing who we really are, uh, and that, you know, that's the challenge. <clears throat> but I think uh, hopefully eventually we, we get there to realize who and what we really are, and it isn't what we think. <laughs> it's so much better than that. It's yes. bigger than that. You so know, much bigger. Just, yeah. Well, you were wonderful. I want to thank you for being our guest today. I am grateful that you have dedicated your life to bringing these experiences to light. I'm glad that you're educating not only people but medical professionals and that you're willing to stand out and talk about these things and document them. Um, I'm eternally grateful for the gift you gave me in writing this book, and I can't wait to see what you're going to come up with next. (laughs) You're an absolute joy to be with, both of you. (laughs) I could just hug you both. (laughs) Well, we want to have you back because I want to talk about children and and the indigo children. That's also another fascinating topic for another day. Uh, Children, uh, you know, the new children. Yeah, the new children. And not just indigos. Don't use those labels. Those labels are Puts the children in exclusive clubs of specialists. These are inclusive kids. Let's look at the new kids. All right. Dr. Atwater, dying to know you. Check it out. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prom.